Welcome to the Hotel Moment Podcast, presented by Revenate, the podcast where we talk to leaders in the hospitality industry. If you're looking for trends, perspectives, and stories from leaders in travel and hospitality, you're in the right place. Hello and welcome everyone to the Hotel Moment Podcast. I am your host, Karen Stevens, Chief Revenue Officer of Revenate. Every week on this podcast, we're joined by industry experts to give us unique perspectives on what's going on in the world of hospitality. And today, I am delighted to be joined by the CEO of Muse, Matt. Hello, Matt. Thanks for joining. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So today, I'm very excited to have Matt on the call because I really want to talk a little bit more about technology innovation in hospitality. So I think we all know, you know, even even now we're coming up on 2023 and we're still talking about cloud adoption. We're talking about keyless entry. We're talking about a lot of things that we've been talking about for a number of years. So I want to dig in a little deeper with Matt on those topics. But first, before we get into all of that, Matt, where are you joining us from today? Prague in Czech Republic. Far away from where you are, I think. <laughs> That's right. So I'm in San Francisco, California. We were talking a little bit before the recording started, uh, just talking a little bit about how much I love Prague. So how long have you been based in Prague? I have been here for 16 years. I'm, I'm originally Dutch, and I, I landed here 16 years ago. And I can't imagine not living here anymore. It's just such a beautiful city. It's incredible. It really is. Very colorful. That's what I remember. All the buildings are so colorful and the architecture. So Not in February. In February, when it gets really <laughs> cold and dark, like that's not my favorite month of the year. <laughs> right. It's a little geographically challenged. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. So um, before we get into the topic today, I wanted to start with a couple of questions that I ask all of our guests. So if you humor me, I have five questions for you. You're going to know all the answers, but it'll give our, our listeners a little bit more of an idea of who you are. Okay, so let's get started. So first question, when did you start first working in hospitality and do you remember your first day on the job? Absolutely. I was 16 and I started working in a restaurant. I've always known I was going to be a hotelier from the age of four. And like at the moment I was legally allowed to work, I went to this forest restaurant where I lived and I asked for a job and they gave me a job. And I remember when the first guest walked in that morning and then somebody gave me like a notepad and said, can you get to take the order? And I remember the panic that I felt like, well, what do I say to these people? Like, what's the experience I need to have for these people? And they're like, you literally just go to the table and you just wait for them to start speaking. And that's literally what happened. <laughs> that's great. Very cool. All right. Second question. What is the most uplifting moment so far in your career? The most uplifting moment? Oof. It's hard because there really are so many. Like it's been an insane journey that we've gone through with Muse in the last few years. And, and it's just what I love most is seeing our team members succeed and really do well. And we've got one of these one team member in our company that has been with me for you know my career at Hilton and now at Muse. He landed recently in a role and I can just see him thriving and he's just innovating. And when I see someone who I know so well for so many years and see them having looked for the right role and then landing somewhere and doing so well, it, it, it truly warms my heart. And I think it's moments like that that are really special to me. Yeah, that you know what? It's, it's funny because I have a lot of these conversations and so often people point to career progression within the industry, within a company, and also just within the industry as a whole, where you can see somebody starting and then how they move up and really have those experiences open to them. So that's great that that's also 
one of your top. <laughs> it's yeah, very cool. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this next one is more about your personal experiences. So what's the most striking experience so far in terms of a holiday or a food experience or a hotel or travel? What's the most striking? It's hard because I am mostly underwhelmed by experiences in hotels, which is also the drive behind what we do at Muse. We want to f- change some of it. And I was planning my wedding this year. I was finally, after 16 years together, getting married to my now husband. And we were going into Amsterdam to look for venues. And I really was so disappointed by some of the hotels that I saw. And then we walked into the Waldorf in Amsterdam, which is crazy, ridiculously expensive. I had to cut lots of people out of my guest list to make that work. <laughs> but I walked in and, you know, I was with my friend and she just she, she just mentions like, oh, I'm so thirsty. And it's just this moment, like within a second, someone came with a glass of water. And that was the first moment that I was like, the moment that that happened, my now husband, he could see that I was like, okay, this is, you know, this is a hotel. And we don't even need to see the venue anymore because I deeply care about service. And it was throughout that it was like that, like the turndown service, like every night, you know, you, you know, that bucket of wine that sits in your room with melted ice for three days that they never replaced. But every time a housekeeper came in the room, they replaced the ice. So whenever I was ready to drink the bottle of champagne, that was it was nice and cold. And it was just those little touches that really thought about the experience that I was having. That's very special for me. Yeah, that's great. And I loved it. You know, I think it's interesting because you, you have a hospitality background. You came from Hilton and now you're on the technology side of the equation. But even those of us that operate in technology, we still are so firmly in this industry and so deeply tied to guest experience and, and the, the wow factor. So I love that. You know, that's really cool. And also congratulations. Congratulations on your marriage this year. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who wonders what changed, nothing changes. It's just another day, I guess. Like that question comes <laughs> oh my God, what's changed? I'm like, nothing. It's just another day. I worked just as hard as I did before. Yeah. Huge bill for a great party and on we go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Very cool. All right. So fourth question, have you met any celebrities while you've been in this industry, either, you know, at Muse or before Muse at Hilton, any celebrity sightings? Disappointingly little, um, like Obama and, and Bill Clinton. So Bill Clinton, I met when I was working in Scotland and Obama I met here in Prague at the Hilton when he came. Um, but like in passing, like nothing exciting. Like I really thought that I would be fabulous enough to have more celebrities come to me, but it hasn't happened. <laughs> it hasn't. Obama's pretty good. I got to say, yeah. I mean, personally, yeah. if I had met Obama, that would be really good. And Clinton, but Obama for me would be, would be pretty big. <laughs> but I, I, could, I prefer like Beyonce or something. That's like someone I really look up to. <laughs> there you go. I know. I can't say that I've had, I've had sports people, but yeah, no Beyonce, no Beyonce. All right. So last question to warm us up. Who are the women at work that you have been inspired by? Does anybody come to mind? Um, yeah. So when I worked at Hilton, there was a lady who who became my boss. I, I was a very young sales director at, at a very large hotel, the largest hotel in the region. And this regional sales director, I remember her coming in for a review. And, and it was just 2008 when all of the markets had crashed last time around. And I still remember that, that day when I was in that room and I was being grilled up and I had no answers because I'd just been promoted into that role. And it just, I was like, I will never be in a room where, where I'm not prepared. 
And I love my relationship with her after that because she did see that I wanted to learn and she really helped me and drove my career further. And she supported me throughout my next promotions after that. I like people that challenge me constantly, who ask questions that I don't have answers to because I don't want to be in that room. So it makes me prepare, work harder to make sure that I have all the answers beforehand. Right. That's great. Well, it's that, it's kind of that, I don't know if you want to call it fear, but it's that standard, right? The, the expectation of excellence, but then it also sounds like a nice mentoring layer to underpin yeah, that, which yeah. is nice too, right? Yeah, so, totally. yeah, gotta have both. All right. Then I actually have one bonus question for you. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey to get to Muse, how you got into Muse and how you got up to the role that you're in now? So I always thought I would be a general manager of a hotel. It's my passion. I love hotels. And and I just, I was fascinated by it. And, and I was on that track. I did the elevator program with Hilton, a graduate program in London, South Africa. They then moved me to Prague at an 800 bedroom hotel where I, I did everything, food and beverage, front office sales, then into regional sales. And I realized that after like nine years in my career that at some point when you get into a vertical, like into sales, for example, and you go up, you don't learn much more. You just get more responsibility. And it frustrated me. And you also don't get to have an opinion about other people's departments, but I have opinions about everything. And I, I felt that I was just stuck. And I thought, if I stay stick around, I'll just get more responsibility and, and more frustrations, to be honest. And this is the moment when I ran into Richard, who's the founder of Muse. And he stands in life in such a different way. He thinks about hospitality in a completely different way. And, and, and I loved the passion and we became friends. He was building a hotel in Prague and he's like, I'm, I don't want a reception desk. He's like, I, I think it's the beacon of bad hospitality, this, this token of queuing up at a desk and then you're going to get someone staring at a screen. And he, he's like, well, I'm going to find a solution. And he never found a solution that works remote. And then at some point he convinced me to quit my job and to join him. And for a year, I thought I was crazy. And, and I still <laughs> think that's today sometimes, but it's working out. Yeah, that's great. I've met Richard and what a dynamic personality. He's so much fun and he really is one of those cool people that you're like, okay, this is different and it's a fun ride. I'm sure it's a fun ride. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, so let's shift a little bit to the topic at hand. So let's talk about innovation. So I read a recent Hospitality Net article that said that hotels spend about 2.5% of their net revenue on tech. And that spend actually went backwards during the pandemic. So uh, even in 2021, they were about 70% of that number compared to pre-pandemic. Meanwhile, all the rest of the industries upped their spend into technology, you know, to, to especially around the digital space and all that. So what's your take on, you know, why, why is hospitality like this? Where are you seeing areas where we could change our mindset a little bit and, and go forward instead of kind of stalling out? Yeah, it's, it's hard. And I think the biggest challenge that we have is the inertia that hotels have. This waiting for something better to come along before they make the jump. And they're like, if it isn't broken, then why would I fix it? But they don't realize that it has already broken. And yes, you may still be able to check in and check out, but your competitors have been doing something very different and they've been innovating. And for some reason, hoteliers around the world really struggle with this concept that you have to invest before you get something out of it. And with technology, you need to make a commitment to say, I want to change. I remember when, when Muse was young, we had obviously the PMS, but we also had an online check-in, uh, which is a native part of it. And they said, well, we don't want to go through the whole change of the whole system. We just want to keep what we have, but we'd love the, the online check-in. 
I'm like, yeah, but you can't get a feature of a product if you don't change the architecture of your, your setup in the hotels. And we look for an easy answer most of the time in hotels. We're like, let's just buy something light that will solve all of our problems. But if you don't tackle the root cause, which is the way that guest data and revenue data and, and profiles are being managed, if you don't change that and move that into the cloud, into a solution with an open API, you're never going to change inherently the operation. But we are a cash poor industry. We're not great at managing money. And in low season, suddenly we get into trouble again because, you know, somehow the revenue has dropped. Uh, I remember working in a hotel every February. We're like, oh my God, what happened? It's empty. And I was like, we're empty every year. Like, it's a thing. And we're not great at managing cash flow and, and technology requires an investment, unfortunately. And that's one of the challenges I, I don't yet know how to solve, but it's definitely something that Hotelier needs to commit to making a change. Yeah, I actually had an interesting conversation with the hotelier recently about how we think about budget season sometimes. So to your point, people are looking to adopt technology. If they think about that and just what's going to happen in the next fiscal year, obviously that's not going to pencil, right? You have to think about how things go. You know, it takes two or three years for that to really adopt and for you to see the benefit of it. But I think that's really true. It's it's being able to take that leap and think about it a little bit differently. It's not like you just buy a piece of technology and all of a sudden everything transforms and something has to happen over time and it's operational. Like today, just I had a call with, with one of our customers, Generator Hostels, and Claudia, who's my contact person there, one of the things she loved was our API. And I'm like, wow, you're one of the very few hoteliers who knows what an API is to begin with. She's like, yeah, but it's the, the piece of Muse that really changed because I suddenly was able to plug in integrations and try out. And if it doesn't work, I unplug it again. But like getting hoteliers to understand that an open API is absolutely core to innovation. Like it light up my heart just hearing her say API. Like it's a word that <laughs> hoteliers just don't use. Absolutely. Well, especially when you consider, you know, Muse is obviously a property management system. You're holding the core profile that's got all of the data, the booking data, what they bought, how they bought, when they booked, all of those things. And you need to be able to repurpose that data into other platforms so that you can personalize and really get, I mean, obviously we have a connection into Muse, we have mutual customers, but that's really the core data set. So if you're not able to test and try and and use it in other places, it's just, you know, what's the point of having it? It's just, then it just, PMS just becomes an inventory management system. It's just checking, checkout. And that's the challenge. Like one of the things that we're like, well, we're in the cloud. At some point, we, we started with the PMS and at some point we're like, well, we're in the cloud. So the employees now can log in. Great. That's a nice benefit. But actually, like the data could be managed by the guests as well. Why don't we create an online check-in platform where the guests can manage their own data? It becomes much cleaner. And that was a real shift. And, and, and we could only do that because we were in the cloud. And now it's been a nature feature in the, in the system because you want clean data. You want that data to be repurposed for marketing purposes. And I don't want to write to Mr. Jones, but get his name wrong all the time. So I'd rather have Mr. Jones fill in his own profile and with his own gender and address him correctly with the right gender. And those are little things, but they do make an impact. They make a huge impact. And, and how efficient is that to have the data audited? <laughs> it's like, are you a man or a woman? Because sometimes you don't know. You don't know with names. You can have first name, last name in different places. There's a lot of things with data that people really don't think about. And yeah. especially when you have a property management system where a lot of people are giving inputs, there's a lot of opportunity for you know misspellings and all that. So I think that's brilliant. When we started working with, with, with Revenate, I think you were one of our very, very first integrations, I'd say seven, eight years ago. Like it's a crazy amount of time since then. 
And I remember I was traveling with one of your salespeople at the time, and he's like, our Swiss hotels are really struggling with the way that the formatting of the name is being done. And I just pinged our developer and it was fixed overnight. And he's, he was just like, our customers are so happy. Our mutual customer is so incredibly happy that we were able to fix the ending of the name correctly because they came off a legacy solution before and they just hadn't anticipated that we could actually solve that together as two tech partners. But you can in the cloud. You can and you could do it quickly. And what a difference, because exactly if you're getting a, an email that says Mr. and you're a miss that you've already blown it. <laughs> right. You haven't even done anything. And you're, yeah, that's great. Okay. So I'm very excited that you are based in Europe and obviously Muse is based in Europe and we have an office in Amsterdam as well, but you do obviously do business globally. So yeah. what are some of the biggest cultural differences you see? Let's just start with Europe and America. So how do you think about the approach and what differences do you see? I'd just love to get your perspective on that. Yeah, it is funny how how the business is different because we're all quite arrogant. Americans and Europeans, the way that we think we're going to go to the rest of the world. So we came out of Europe into the US and we're like, I'm sure they work just like European hotels and they don't. Like service is a very different service than what people in, in Europe are used to. And we've had to overinvest in service delivery in the US because it's expected that you get a really fast response time and it has to be super helpful and friendly. And in Europe, yes, we still need a, a minimum level of it, but the expectation isn't critical to the partnership to that level. And I think service was one of the big challenges, but also the US just has a higher expectations of the solutions because the hotel market is very different there. They all come off one main supplier and that solution does everything. And in the cloud, you don't get every bell and whistle that you used to have. That's hard for a young cloud company to come into. And it's the education of well, what's the problem you're solving versus I need that feature because I've always had that feature. It's just shifting conversation that we're trying to have with the American customers. And because we've been in Europe so long and we've been having that conversation so long, it's going to take a little bit longer in the US to really shift from, I understand that you are looking for this feature, but what tell me about the problem that you're trying to solve because maybe we can solve it in a better way. And that's a really difficult conversation to have or a mind shift that we're going through as a company. I've also seen it with US companies coming into Europe that go the absolute opposite way where they're like, oh, I didn't realize you had VAT versus sales tax that they do in the US. And you're always going to run into little challenges that you encounter. But luckily in the cloud, you can fix all of that and you can deploy it very fast. And I think we've done a lot of lessons when we came into the US first one of the big mistakes was like the registration card is such a big thing. And we printed the dates in European format. And it's I want to slap myself on the face for it now because I'm like, of course, we should have done that in American format. But we fixed that very quickly. And then the really bigger problems are the service issues that we need to solve now. You know, you said something that would be music to my VP of products ears, which is what are you trying to accomplish? Because I think that we also, you know, obviously when you have a technology platform that does a lot of things, People get used to doing it one way or another, and it's a balance between articulating, look, this is where we're going, and here's the vision, and you know, this is going to be something beyond your wildest dreams, and you're hung up on a, a feature here that let's understand what your end goal is, and then we can yeah. talk about how we get there, right? So, Like, we are rated down the other day on an RFP because we ticked the box, do you have a night audit with no? And the night audit is one of those things that, is a relic of when we were working in DOS in, in hospitality and that somehow migrated into the Windows. There was no need for it in Windows, honestly, because the computers could handle the amount of data. And it was a process that was put in place because the, the, the old computers couldn't handle the amount of data. But we've now educated hoteliers that you must have a night audit to, to end your day. 
And for us, like we're like we never built it, and we actually got scored down because most of the RFPs are built on legacy systems, and they haven't updated the RFPs that you're running into in hotels still today. Well, I know it's it's hard to get a crystal ball out, but we are coming up on 2023. We got a lot happening out there in the world. So, any cool crystal ball predictions that you've got as we head into Q4 and Q1 of next year? Like I do see a lot of hotels moving to change into the cloud. We see a lot of acceleration, especially from the larger brands. It feels like the legacy systems are on their last legs. And we have a huge amount of conversations right now with some of these bigger brands that are finally realizing that you can't innovate. And what's been nice is that the independent hotels have been innovating way faster than the big brands. And I I think we're going to see a significant shift into the cloud by the big brands. But we need some of these big CEOs to step up and saying, we are committing to the cloud and not a halfway solution. We have to be in the cloud with our core infrastructure. But I really do think that we're going to see a, a massive shift in some of those brands next year. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see if that if that holds true. I think I think you're onto something there, and I hope that you are because the more hotels that are in the cloud, the better for all of us that use all of that juicy data to do all the cool things we like to do. All right. Nice. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much, Matt, for your for your time today. If people would like to learn a bit, a little bit more about Muse. Where do they go? Our website, like it's super easy. M e w s muse dot com. Dot com. All right. Great. Thanks, Matt. Have a great rest of the year, and we will talk soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Hotel Moment Podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're watching on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe for more content. For more information, head to hotelmomentpodcast.com. The Hotel Moment Podcast is presented by Revenate and produced by Make More Media.